Hey friends, welcome back to your favorite homeschool podcast. You're listening to season two of the Friends of Cabrini podcast. Go ahead right now and subscribe on Apple, Google, and Spotify. And make sure you go tell a friend. Hey friends, welcome back to the Friends Cabrini Podcast. You're now listening to a new episode with your host, Jalisa. And today we have a very special guest on. All the way from Indiana, she has been unschooling for about the last 15 months or so, about the last year. Please help us to welcome Amy Lickberg to our show. How are you this morning? I am good, and how are you? Good, wonderful. So I know we were just talking a little bit about your son, and you said that he's eight, and you guys are unschooling, and you're telling me a little bit about how creative he is. Um, how did you guys get started with unschooling? Yeah, you know, it's kind of funny. I, <laughs> I think it was kind of like already, already kind of ingrained into, into how our life was going to be. Um, basically what I mean is it seemed like that my son was wired a little bit differently and had his own set of interests and that is kind of what took us on the path of unschooling um awesome so um did you guys start and I know you said 15 months so you guys started sometime last year is that right yeah yeah it was right around I think Thanksgiving time um, when we started and that would have been what 2021 now <laughs> so yeah that's when we started um, it was right around right around the holiday time what made you decide to do the switch was this something that you guys were experiencing um, in public school or something else yeah I think it was a combination of things I, I also had a strong feeling that our paths were going to be a little bit different and we also had a belief that kids should be able to learn what they want to learn as opposed to a set um, standards that is in the public schooling system. That's true. I agree with you. That's definitely what unschooling is all about, <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> So, you know, I know, because um, I know you say you guys are in Indiana, and I know that some of the laws can be super, you know, mixed across the country, where some states are kind of really relaxed when it comes to homeschooling and unschooling, and some states are not so much. Have you found, like, any um, changes, if you will, or have you guys had any struggles, if you will, um, just trying to, you know, go the route of unschooling in Indiana? No, what? Actually, I have to say the schools here are pretty, at least in my area, there's not a lot of, you have to send in information. Um, but I have to say that the first few months it was pretty quiet, but I think it was also during still COVID time. And then once... Um, all of a sudden, like all these Facebook communities, like were just popping up right around March of last year. And, and one of the first ones that we had had found was a social group that met in Griffin, um, Indiana, 
which is about 20 minutes from here, and then it just exploded. After that, by the time of summer, we actually have so many different homeschooling groups in the area and so many different activities that is actually, <laughs> you kind of have to pick and choose now. So if anybody's looking into it, I would say give it a try because there's a, the community is exploding. Awesome. I love that. Community is definitely important. Did you guys did you guys see anything as far as like with the state laws though? Um you may have to like report or no. file of intention saying, you know, that you're we're pulling your son out of the public school or anything like that. No, we, um there wasn't because uh let's see, my son was going to a school and we had pulled him out, but um, aside from telling them that we were going to be homeschooling, there's, there's like no other, um, you know, regulations. So that, that was it. That was actually the easy part, really. Okay, cool. Awesome. <laughs> I've kind of wondered if Indiana is one of those really relaxed states when it comes to um, some of their homeschool policies and it. I feel like I get a mixed feeling because like some folks I know say like, yeah, it's totally fun, it's totally easy. And then it seems like some other people have a little bit of a challenge sometimes. So I guess maybe it does depend on what area of the state you're in probably. <laughs> yeah, awesome. So, you know, unschooling is interest-based learning and um, that can be anything, right? Because our kids love to explore and, and just wonder about, uh, do you guys do a lot of more like curriculum-based learning or is it more like hands-on or do you kind of just go out and about nature-wise and explore the world around you? Yeah, it's kind of a, it's kind of a combo. It's mostly the two out of three for, for right now. Um, okay. Uh, two last ones I was going to say, nature-based and kind of going by the interests even from day to day. For would you like me to expand on that or? Yeah, you totally can. Ian, feel free to share. Great. So yeah, we are lucky that we have a little bit of land in the back, and um, nature is kind of our our big connecting point. So my son will often uh, play in the small creek that's back here. We are building like a small brick house in the back. Um, we have a fire pit and we just do a lot of kind of like woodsy uh, type nature things. And that keeps us very chill and very relaxed for the day. Nice, I love that. I love that. So many people don't have an opportunity to like get out into nature and do a lot with that. So that's really awesome that you guys are doing that. That's something that I've been wanting to like nudge my son about. It's like sometimes he's willing to and then other times he's like, no, I just want to chill out at home inside. <laughs> so it's really hard to get him to, to do that. But I'm hoping this year we're trying to, um, well, I would like, should I say, I would like to see him do a little bit more of um, outdoor activities. And I know he said he's interested in archery, but oh. for some reason, like, when it, yeah, when it comes down to it, it's like he changes his mind. <laughs> you know, so, I don't know. Freedom of choice, right? <laughs> yeah, I think, I think he just likes it from what he sees, but... 
maybe there's a little thing about trying to try it out or something. So well, hopefully we can get past that little, that little fear there. But um, yeah, no, nature's awesome. Nature's awesome. And I know, you know, some other unschoolers, um, including like myself, we don't quite use curriculum as much. We're kind of like hands off where just kind of really explore a whole lot around us and whatever my son kind of has a question about we just kind of go based off of there um sometimes we do do like more project-based things are you guys kind of similar in that way or are you a little different that is actually kind of similar to what we do a lot of times i'll just take like even right now he's watching jurassic park on his ipad and he's really into that the show like the children's show so, I mean, I could do all kinds of different things like that, right? We could start to read a book on dinosaurs or a project on dinosaurs, or we could, um, you know, do some writing with even some of the different dinosaur names. So, yeah, it's a lot of, like, what their interest is, even for the time being, which changes every day, as you know. Right. Um, so that's a lot of different things. With, uh, with science, also, it's... Um, there's this one, see if I'm saying it, it's a uh, KiwiCo company. You might have heard of that. It's KWICIA.com. And, and they do um, different, what would you say, packages? And we have like the, I think it's like the engineering one right now. And they have, um, but I would check it out, especially if they're in this, um, like building things and putting things together. Yes, I agree with you. I love their um, subscriptions. I think they're, they're really, really awesome. Yeah. And you earlier that your son was doing some pretty cool things with making power lines using Legos and you said blue tape. Now, yeah, that's not even... That <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's been doing that for probably like almost... Uh, that was even the beginning when he was still up at the public schools. He would do that and he would think of different things. So we're just trying to you know i try to expand on it a little bit more and the cute and that kiwi co is a good place to like start off from because it it'll get them thinking about um different projects and plus you know like we made like what was it a flying disc machine yeah a flying disc machine and that was pretty fun that was yeah. not even you know and that's that's a really good skill for them to learn right because now they really have to think critically and there's a lot of um what do you call it motor planning into it and it and believe me even for me i have to start thinking about that because that's not always my strong point either I'm, I'm much more into like literature and and writing and you know so i learned too <laughs> So I take it that he is interested in engineering or something in that space, is that right? Yes, definitely. Um, putting things together, building how things work, taking things apart. And he was definitely doing a, a phase with that um, where he was taking all of his toys apart and seeing how the mechanics of everything works. <laughs> That's so awesome. I thought my son was like the only one that was doing that. <laughs> <laughs> no. I feel like there's quite a few a few kiddos yeah. who would spend time taking all their stuff apart and then trying to put it back together. <laughs> it's a yeah. lot of tense. Uh, 
when I think about it now, you know, when we first got started, and I, I think I first noticed that my son was interested in, um, I would say, like mechanical or electrical engineering when he was about two. Wow. He used to watch, um, when he, between the times of like, I would say one and two, or I would actually I would probably say one through four, ages one through four, he watched um, Thomas and Friends, the cartoon, a whole lot. And so when he was about two, I started to notice that he was really taking to the cartoon and the trains and all those things. And I just remember um, jogging my memory now. And I, and I just remember that he did take the train apart and then I would get like so irritated by it. <laughs> 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 Cause you know, those trains cost a lot of money. <laughs> oh yeah. That's so bad. Wow, after at the end of the year, it definitely adds up. And, and so I would be annoyed by it, but now I'm just like, that's what you were doing. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yes, that's really, that sounds really similar because I don't know if your son had also, from an early age, my son would be like looking at the lights or whatever the mechanical things were in the room, probably starting at like age one, even. And yeah. That should have been a clue then, you know, but I, I, I was like, what's going on? <laughs> like, yeah, I, I just remember like over the years being like, where, why are all these pieces like this? Like, where do I sit not together? Yeah. And so he, you know, he still does a little bit of that with other toys that he has and things of that nature. But now I'm just kind of like, let me stay out of his room. <laughs> <laughs> let me probably, he's got his like inventions and things in there, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, his grandmother, um, his or his granny, uh, he, she told me about his great uncle who recently passed, and she was just like, "Oh, he reminds me so much of him," and they he, they did the same thing. Like he used to take his cars and things apart, and I was like, "Hmm, it runs in the family." <laughs> yeah, I think, I think sometimes it does. You know, like his dad's a sheet metal worker, and he puts up a lot of the furnaces and air conditionings actually in Chicago so that, I mean it probably does run in the family <laughs> that's interesting because we literally just had an issue with our furnace <laughs> that's interesting I wonder <laughs> I wonder if you probably met your husband and didn't know it connections <laughs> here yeah, we literally we literally just got a new furnace last Friday. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we oh and that was a battle. Oh my god. That was such a battle <laughs> as well. Like Yeah, it's it's not my cup of tea. I couldn't do it, but <laughs> that we went like about five or six days with no heat, so that was really a battle. And as you know, Chicago's very cold and we have that really confusing weather, so Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, it must have been pretty bad that one day um, yeah. when there was a storm. Oh yeah. Right here. Yeah, it was, uh, it was, man, I got sick and everything, but hopefully okay. I'm going to get back soon. So that's why my voice is probably kind of like this, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but no, um, you know, speaking speaking of furnaces, actually, because it's so funny you mentioned that because, um, as I said, we had this we had this issue last week, and for some reason, on the last day of Black History, 
Um, I was looking, I think because of like my Google searches for furnaces and stuff, it popped up. But I end up coming across a black history fact that I did not know. And there's this woman by the name of Alice H. Parker, who is the woman that invented um, the current gas furnace, the heating furnace that also comes with the heat exchanger as well. And I had not known that. And I was like, that's a great black history fact. I need her right now. And my first is, you know, and then it became a whole thing. And I was like, hmm, you know, let's turn this into a class. So where the children learn about furnaces. So every time, yeah, you know, it's, it's kind of like for me, you know, as as mom and entrepreneur, you know, it's kind of like every time there's a problem, let's turn it into a class and how we can figure out how to solve that problem. That's great. So, so for me, the unschooling journey has been more so about finding the problem and being the problem solver. And then for my son, it's been more about just like exploring different things and asking questions and, and how you said, like learning how things are are made or how they come to be and things of that nature. So it's interesting how, um, you know, the unschooling journey, when you really look at it, right, it's not necessarily just for your child. It's not just for your child. It's, it's also for self because you get to learn things along the way that you did not even know about or uncover. So that's amazing. Um, Talk to me about like how you guys have been doing things so far, like with your schedule and everything, because I know everyone's always wondering like, how do you make time for it? And how do you do this? And is it 10 hours of this or three hours of that? And how do you guys uh, schedule out what your day is going to look like? Yeah, so that's that's always, I think, a question for everyone, right? A lot of times we do kind of plan ahead and look at some of the different events around the area. We do try to get out quite a bit. Um, and th- there's quite a few homeschooling uh, communities that we um, hook up with. There's actually one now uh, called the Nurture Nature Group, and it's right here in Cedar Lake that one of my friends created over the summer, I believe. And we sometimes go to their events and they have quite a few but we also look at kind of like what we're going to do based on what his interest is for for the week (laughs) so a lot of times we we plan things right around the hours of i would say anywhere from like 9 a.m to uh like 3 p.m unless there's like a special event and then we kind of just explore and do what we want to do at that point that also leaves in some work options um so i know a lot of people ask that question too about how do you work as a mother or you know just as an unschooling parent while you're also doing this and i'm sure you can uh talk about that too but but yeah we, that's kind of how we do things if that helps yeah yeah Scheduling is, you know, something. I think for people who just kind of start out, like first start out, it's like they kind of want to do school at home the way public school is done. Mm-hmm. And so kind of want to follow the same regimen and keep their, their children on that same track. But for me, I always feel like the best thing to do is to kind of de-school first 
because you know sometimes parents don't really quite even understand like what you know their children have been learning in the public school setting and where they are at that point when they first make the switch um but then i like to you know always recommend don't think about the schedule because it's just going to naturally flow and i feel like that's another cool part about unschooling because everything naturally flows like how you were saying earlier, you know, um, the interest changes from day to day. And so you don't know necessarily what skills your children will continue to build and grow with um, as they age and grow, but you should know that there's something because it, it's it's a flow. They'll find balance along the way, right? And so I like to just say, focus less on the schedule and more on the adventure and the experience. And, and I think um, from there, you just find you find yourself doing awesome things and amazing things throughout the day. I know when we first started out, I think I used to plan like everything. And I mean, like everything down to like the increment of each single little time period. I mean, like when we're going to eat lunch, when we're eating breakfast, what we're going to eat, you know, um, what were we going to do if I was going to put pinchers together, and, you know, this and that. And then it just became a point of just like, I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't want to, you know, I mean, just away with the scheduling piece and just let them have fun, you know. And for some kids, you know, it's really hard because like if they're really interested in something, they don't want to stop doing that to switch to something else. Mm-hmm. want to keep doing that. So... For me, I noticed that and I was just like, I'm just going to let my son go and let him do that. But I'll figure out ways how to creatively implement something else to continue with his learning, you know. And and um, like I said, with trains, <clears throat> when he was two, we used those, uh, those trains and we did math with trains, you know. And folks are probably all wondering, like, well, how do they learn, you know, the certain academic skills? Um, for us, counting started with the trains. Multiplication and addition and division started with playing dominoes and, uh, you know, Legos and things of that nature. So um, we use those as manipulatives to help us in, the, in those areas. And, you know, with reading, of course, reading was always based off of the kind of things that he liked. And we started with the Thomas and Friends books, of course. Um, and then kind of swiffled into where we are now, which is like comics and chapter, different chapter books and nonfiction and things of that nature. So I, I love that, that you share that about your schedule that you guys do, um, nine to three, but you kind of venture out. And I think that's wonderful for us. We don't really have a particular set time. I think over the years, um, we found ourselves homeschooling unschooling in the evening um as far as like when it comes to literature reading something we would always do like overnight and it seems to be better for us overnight because because it's quiet you know um but during the daytime um that gives us a lot of room to travel and to go places and so we love a lot of that as well um, have you guys did any traveling so far in, in your first year? Yeah, you know, what's really great about that is we like to venture out, and I especially like to be um, 
social or be outdoors at different places and visit places and um i would love to be able to like at some point go on like trips with some other homeschoolers because i'll be looking forward to that um as he gets a little bit older but but yeah a lot of these places like um we've just met different people and like we have ventured out to like michigan city we met a friend out there and we went to um, I think it was the Morton Arboretum, and then the Michigan City Zoo, which is, I would recommend that because that is really cool. There's actually part of the Indiana Dunes across the street from it. So if yeah. it's summer, you could go to both, and that is really, um, really fun. I liked their zoo a lot, so we'll, we'll be going back to that <laughs> this year, like another month or two when they open again. Um, but yeah, we really like being out too because I feel like that's real life, right? Like being out and doing. Well, if you things. are, if you are up for it, if you guys are up for it, we're actually going to be uh, going to a South Bend Cubs game oh. uh, on April 29th, and we're trying to do a couple of things that weekend. Are you enjoying the podcast? Remember to subscribe to Friends of Cabrini on Spotify. Now back to the episode. And trying to get things together. So feel free. You are more than welcome to join us. <laughs> it's free tickets for the it's free tickets for the children, discounted tickets for parents. So feel free. There's totally tons of amazing things to do in South Bend. I'm very familiar with Michigan City. Love it there. And the Indiana Dunes, I do remember going there as a child. I have been dying to get back there and to get my son there. So yes. <laughs> so you are you're you're literally talking to someone who organizes all those things and say, hey, families, let's get together and go. <laughs> yeah, so. no, that's, that's totally great because, yeah, like I said, there's just by meeting different people and, you know, and, and one great thing about Facebook now is there's a lot of the homeschooling groups on Facebook. One great thing about Facebook actually is connection that way and then you start to meet people and different groups and there's yeah there's quite a few options that you can do it's it's a really great experience yes yes and i keep hearing you mention a lot about the communities and i think that that is i agree with you i think that is one of the most um important things when it comes to unschooling is really having that support and that connection as you said um i know for us we we are in tons of groups that are all around the country, um, including in Indiana. So I've been able to connect with tons of different families, but um, how about your support when it comes to your immediate family or with your extended uh, personal family, if you will? How, how was the journey with getting them to be on board with supporting what you're doing um, for your son? Yeah, yeah, that's that's a good question. I think that people ask like who's on board with um, unschooling. So um, I would say that it took a little bit of time, but you know, for them to get used to that idea, and some immediate family <laughs> may still be getting to that whole idea of that because you know they all had to do it. They all had to go to school, and you know, but that's that's just not. That's just not my philosophy, right? So, you know, 
even if there's a little bit of, of division, I you have to trust your instincts, right? Like trust yes. yourself. And that's the thing that that's grown more since I seen that I've been able to pull him out of school and I I trust my gut instincts on that. Um so even if you are facing a little bit of opposition, um if you can somehow lean into your decision that I think that overall it will work out for you. I, I agree. I want to encourage you that definitely have having faith and having confidence in what you're doing is very important. Um, I think that goes hand in hand with just really understanding your why of why you chose to do it, um, as well as with the community support. Sometimes, right, it's very hard for us because, like you mentioned, the other generations of, of family members we have, they may have felt I don't want to say the word forced. <laughs> I mean, some, some, some may feel like, oh, I was forced to go to school as a child. Um, yeah. What's the word I'm looking for? Hmm, there's a word there. I can't think of it. But, um, you know, they they may have felt like they were, that's just a thing. They were supposed to do that because that's what society says, right? But we know in in natural reality, right? We know that everyone is not alike and everyone doesn't do the same thing, right? We're not hobbits. We don't follow the same suit and follow, everyone doesn't follow the laws and all those things of that nature. So we should also think the same about children where children don't always learn the same, right? They're not gonna pick up on the same content in the same type of way. You have some children that are really good with when they see something written on the board, they can write it down and they can understand it and, and remember it. But then you have some children that are really good with um, understanding based on conversation, right? Um, some kids are good with, with understanding and learning from things that they see. They might watch film or television, like we were saying about our sons. And it's like, oh yeah, they get it, you know? So I think, um, it's important to know like what your why is and it's also very important to have enough faith and not only just your decision but faith in your child and trusting your child to make sure that they they're gonna really do their best for their own educational journey i i've seen a lot where some parents have struggled because um like when their child gets to be about eight or nine there's not a huge push for them to read or they're not quite as interested mm -hmm. in reading at that point in time and they have a lot of flack from family members who feel like children should be reading at that point and but you know for some, whatever reasons they're not and in cases like that too I still say is just like having a faith you know when it's when it's time for your child to read it, it'll be time you have some kids that start reading when they were 12 you know and they're avid readers and probably write poems and you know books and novels and all these things now and you have some children that start very early on and can't even read a contract you know <laughs> they don't understand it so it you know I, I would just say don't necessarily feel like you should push your child in a certain particular way but definitely um just kind of like have enough faith in your decision and stick with it don't abandon it with it. I know you guys have been 
doing this for 15 months and I commend you for even, you know, having enough courage to even make the decision because some parents don't, you know, and for whatever reasons, they, they don't. So just stick with it. And it sounds like you guys are on to the right start. It sounds like you've had a lot of opportunities to uh, connect and, and make new friends and extended family, if you will. Um, so just keep going with that. You know, there's so many things that it's out there for your son to explore. And he probably wouldn't get a chance to do those things if he was still in a public school setting. Yeah, that's that's exactly exactly true. And, and one day, I hope that um, it will change in the United States and possibly more than that, that there'll be some kind of um, legislation where all the schools are uh, democratic and, and children will get to pick what they want to learn. Um, there's a few schools like that. I know there's one in Illinois that is off of the tall grass um, philosophy up in uh, Riverside that we've visited before. Um, mm-hmm. It's probably about an hour and a half or two hours from here, but it follows the unschooling, uh, unschooling methods that they, children learn from themselves, right? So that is what I'm hoping that will happen one day and um, I'm actually considering making a, a website dedicated to some activist um, legislation that will will help that one day go through. Nice. That's very cool. I love that. That's a very good idea and it's definitely something that's definitely well needed. <laughs> um, yeah, if we can convince uh the legislators and other people even in the community that children learn from themselves and they have the ideas and the skills. But you know what? I think think there's the fear of what they will learn, right? Because to some degree, I guess for some, right, public school possibly does work for some because they have control over whoever it be, has control over the curriculum, what is taught, what time they show up, what time they eat, you know, um, what the classrooms should look like, uh, if they have field trips, where they go, if they have recess, what they do on the recess grounds, what, you know, each class offers, things of that nature. And this is something that, you know, these school districts do almost every year. Right. And they, they sit down over the summer or whenever they do it during the school year and they talk about all of these things. And so it brings in that structure and that control of knowing all things. But then the thing that's missing is that they don't know the child. Right. They don't know each of the individual children that are attending the school. So they don't know the different individual needs that each child has. Some children are um you know, uh, special needs children where they, as a diverse learner, they might have certain circumstances where they might need a little bit more attention than others. And a lot of schools are failing to provide some of those services to children, especially when they're in classrooms of 30 plus children and you have very few aides that are available Um, across the buildings and you know they have to be kind of pushed in and pushed out between I would say 
five, anywhere between five to maybe 25, 30 students a day. And, you know, the kids are not really getting necessarily what they need to, to get. So I think in that aspect, right, um, to some degree, it works for those parents who just feel like their kids need that type of structure or that type of setting, I guess. And for other kids, it may not work because of the circumstances that they might have. You might have some kids, like I said, that are diverse learners, and then you have some um, that are like super gifted. And it doesn't work for them, you know, because they complete the work fast and they just they don't feel inspired enough. They don't feel challenged enough. Um, so I think it, it, it differs, right? I wouldn't necessarily say that. Um, unschooling is the choice for everyone i think that unschooling is the choice for you if you've done your due diligence and figuring out what works for your child because you have to know your child right and i think that's in just in general even with any of the other homeschool philosophies right because some people will say well you know um we do more of a waldorf or a, a montessori um homeschooling method but still, they do, they're able to do that because they know what works for their child. They know how their child learns. Um, so that's the, the thing, my little tidbit, <laughs> I would say, about um, public school, right? I, I, not to be so preachy about that, but I love that you guys are unschooling. And I would encourage, if everyone could, I would definitely encourage everyone to be unschoolers and world schoolers and travel. I love it. I think it's it's awesome. Um, I think, you know, there's no greater experience that a child can have. I just think that legislators are probably going to be more consumed with, well, what are they learning? Because when you, when you throw out the idea of like what, you know, unschooling is, it's interest-based learning. They're really going to, I feel like someone's going to say, well, what are these kids interested in? What are they learning? And there's already this whole thing of where they're trying to censor certain books and mm. certain uh, things, you know, even at the college level, like in the school districts and in universities and things of that nature. So in a way, it's like I would love to see legislation that is all in support of homeschooling and unschooling. But then you just got to know that everything that is good don't always last because there's someone that's going to be like a hater and you know they're, they're going to be like no what's, what are they interested in learning? they shouldn't do that you know someone's going to try to dictate what's going on and that would be a battle so kudos to you for the idea I think it's a wonderful idea um, and I wish you so much luck with that because I just you know, I definitely see that there's going to be a, a it's, it'll be a tug of war <laughs> with some of those lists. I, I think that's some of the idea itself is, um, is still like a little before its time, you know, like a lot of, um, of these ideas, right, from people who have been activists and things, and they had to really, you know, start. But then I think about like Martin Luther King or like Greta Thunberg, and, you know, they, they knew what their, their purpose was, and you know, that is, that was kind of like the key, right? So you can't be afraid right. of who, who right. purpose having that, having that courage and, and still pursuing it in spite of, I think is definitely important. So I, I definitely do think that you have a good idea. I just hope that, you know, 
these legislators. I hope it gets through to them in the right way. And I hope I would I would hope that a lot of things would get through to them in the right way, you know. And I almost feel like when they make these decisions or they're writing these policies, do they think about these children? Because when you put these policies in place, you can totally introduce this policy in Congress and you die tomorrow, right? But this policy that you introduced and they voted for it and it's in, that affects children that are going to be living for the next 20, 30, 40, 50 years until it's redone. So, you know, um, I just almost always wonder, like, when they're writing these things, are you considering the kids that are not even born yet and, and what their needs may be, what they might want for themselves, you know, or are you considering the kids that are currently here? You know, do you just look at your kids or do you look at all children? So our curriculums that they have in the schools, my big question, I guess, is why? You know, like, why do they have to draw like 10, I don't know, like flowers instead of like power lines? And why would something like that be, you know, yeah. wrong to copy exactly from what the teacher's doing because that's just dis- dismissing, you know, like you said, yourself is also very into electric and what opportunity would the schools have except for maybe when they get older, you know, obviously, but how is he supposed to expand on that and, and what is he going to like about what they're going to make him do and who said that is right because, you know, there is no right or wrong here in learning. Yeah. And it's funny that you mentioned that about like the art classes because I think like I feel like in the elementary um, grade levels and the primary grade levels they really do dumb down like the art you know work that the children can do for for everything that I've seen from like other children that I know they're in public school it's always kind of like the basic stuff like the color wheel um you know like you said how to draw in a straight line and it those are like the basic things but i feel like they stick on those things for quite a number of years like you said and they don't allow the kids to expand but i as you mentioned that i'm also even thinking about with the science classes that i've seen um in some of the elementary schools and I don't even think they expand as well. I think they're very structured to where kids have to learn certain things like you have to learn about earth space science and the planets. And after that, then it goes a little bit into maybe botany. It goes a little bit into planting, but not fully to the point where kids fully understand how you can make food and plants and things actually grow or to the point where they can actually do a hands-on project, you know, and build their own garden. Um, I seldomly like hear children talk about, you know, animals until they get, I, I want to say like until they get to maybe like middle school. I feel like once the kids are in middle school, that's when they're thinking about like, having the children to do dissections and building bridges and things of that nature. I I have a a little one that I um, tutor who's in fifth grade and she's, she told me that she's excited to do dissections when she gets to seventh grade because, (laughs) you know, 
And I was like, oh, okay. And then I asked the question, like, well, do you guys do, did you guys do bridges and things like that? Because I remember doing that in like sixth grade um, when I went to a public school and she was like, no, we, we haven't done those things. And I was like, hmm. So I'm going to gift her with some, uh, some dissection things. <laughs> you know, I'm going to gift her with those things on Wednesday. I've already forewarned her mom. <laughs> she's like, she's coming with that. It's coming home with it. <laughs> yeah, I, I haven't I haven't decided if uh, if I still be into that, but I know they actually had something at the library and the public library is a great place to check out by the way too for free. Yes, yeah. Because yeah. They, they were doing like owl pellet like dissection a couple months ago at my local library, so Yes, we did that as well. We did that. I, we had a class on that. We did that a couple months ago too. Wow, that's crazy. So ironic how things are. Um, yeah, but no, no. Back to your idea though. Your idea is very good. I just want to say that, and I know we, I don't want to keep talking too much about public school and whatnot because you know, hey, we're unschoolers. <laughs> it's fun over here. It's fun. Good to have lots of fun. Um, but no, yeah. Speaking of science, right? Like, oh, that's another cool thing, right? The kids get to. Um, just explore all elements of science and things. And I think what I found to be the most interesting with some of the kids I've been able to unschool, including my son, is how they go through exploring things that are scientifically taught. And some of them have a biblical background, um, you know, as it relates to like their faith and their personal faith and things with their family. And then some of them look through um, things from the historical context of how things are taught, right, through events. And I like how they kind of compare and they kind of say like, well, when when did people actually like start on the earth? Because the Bible says this, but then the, some science website says this. And, you know, I thought dinosaurs were first or what did the plants make first? And they did just questions and, and I just love when they have those thousands of questions and they're just like, is this really true or is this a lie? <laughs> so I, I think that's the wonderful, another cool thing about uh, unschooling is that you're always uncovering something. <laughs> I'm glad you brought that up because that is actually a lot of what I see too is questions and, you know, he'll have me just like Google it really fast, you know, like, what do you mean? Like, when did, I forgot what the question was from like last night when we were going to bed, but it was something very specific about, about some area of either history or something we read, you know, or, or maybe something he even had seen on like, you know, like YouTube, like, wait a minute, what was, and that's great to see, right? Because now they're interested in learning and as opposed to what some of the schools do with the kids lose all interest of wanting to to learn yeah. at, at all but um not everyone but some of them some of them will um, yeah yeah that is so you know you mentioned a couple of resources we, i know we've been talking about youtube and uh like things that the kids can play with legos and toys and things of that nature you mentioned public libraries which i agree with you totally awesome yes if you do not go to the library, please go today. Get a card, get a membership card, get a book. <laughs> yes, yes, do. Yeah, I worked um, in the library sector for years too, so I'm very like a pro component of libraries. Um, I, I, so I, I have to admit, like, I am a huge. My favorite place in the entire world has always been the library. 
And it, what's crazy is because even though like as a child, I went to public school, I never really paid attention to how much like I loved the library when I was 12 and 11. And we would go, you know, we had a library class. And we would go, but I didn't realize so much of the impact that that librarian had on me until now. And I feel like I just want to find her and tell her, like, thank you so much. Because, you know, the research skills that uh, you can get from being with librarians and just all of those things. I think um, libraries are maybe the... I want to say they're, it's almost like they're the foundation almost, you know, going to the library is like almost the foundation of unschooling because that's where the curiosity kind of starts to kind of take away. It starts from your child's imagination and then you just kind of start with picking up books or like you said, doing a Google search and it goes from there. But in order for them to really be able to have those skills to understand what they're reading and researching, they have to know how to research, you know? And that, and I think that's the skill that you can get from being around a really good librarian. I love to hear that there was a librarian that, you know, touched your life that much. So that's, that's an awesome thing to know. Um, the library is actually where we'll be venturing uh, later on over here at the Crown Point Library this afternoon um, because they have a really great play area too, by the way, and right now they have construction and it's all the foam pieces and blocks and things like that. And since he's big in the building, he's pretty, pretty pumped to go there later on. So I love that. Now, do you guys have, because I mean, we we frequent a couple of different libraries in different, you know, cities and, and suburban areas and whatnot. Um, I don't think I've been to the Crown Point one yet, but I'm pretty sure probably like some of the other ones. Do you guys have like classes? Do, do you know if they offer classes for homeschoolers? Because I've seen some library, some libraries have like the 4-H class for homeschoolers and some might have like STEM activities that they're doing maybe once or twice a month, things like that. Yeah, actually we're pretty lucky. So the Lake County Library system is right over here and there's one in Cedar Lake and we usually venture to their homeschooling one, which is actually every other week on Wednesdays and they do different things. We've done painting and um, what was it like catch, catch the elf for Christmas, like a trap for the elf. <laughs> <laughs> and there's actually one on Crown Point about once a month too, and they're usually STEM-based ones. I think there's, yeah, there's is this Thursday, I believe, at one o'clock. Um, and that, and those have those events have gotten pretty, pretty popular and pretty well attended, even. So yes, I love the library. I swear, it's my favorite place. I know everyone's like, no, Disney's the favorite place in the whole world. No, the library is. <laughs> <laughs> I totally agree with you. Totally agree with you. I would, if it was me, I'd be reading all the books. And so, yeah, there's and there's so much. There's so much. You know, I remember when I took my son to this one particular library we went to um, here in Chicago, and it was on the south side. But they they had um, the encyclopedias. They had these world encyclopedias out. And my son's like, what kind of books are those? And I was like, oh, I'm great. glad that you asked because we have a couple of those at home. They're really old, but they're called encyclopedias. And that was Google before Google. 
<laughs> and he was like, what? And then he, he went and grabbed the book and opened up and was like, mom. I was like, yeah, that's Google before Google, baby. Like, that's it. <laughs> and and just, the, just last week, since we had everything going on in our house and whatnot, we were going through things. And he's like, these are the encyclopedias that Granny bought? I was like, yeah, like... You're welcome. You've inherited almost three different, you know, versions of encyclopedias. And I'm like, and you've inherited a couple of dictionaries as well. Like my grandmother used to buy these really huge dictionaries that has like almost every word you can think of. And and so I was like, yeah, this is the one I use when I had found my first two dollar bill. <laughs> now it's yours. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's great. When I when I told him that all he cared about, he's like, "Oh, so you that's when you got your first two dollar bill?" I was like, "Yeah, my first two dollar bill. I, I found it in there. Someone had it, put put it in there. I don't know who, but it was mine because I found it." And then he's like, "So is there gonna be one for me?" No, because I already spent that two dollar bill when I was like ten. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh my yeah, gosh. I, I I didn't tell anybody that I had found it, but I found it and I. <laughs> see if it was real money and it works so yeah <laughs> oh man and speaking about reading too i know you had touched on the fact that you know a lot of parents are worried about the reading um yes and unschooling you know and what to do about that a lot of it is like modeling right so if you're sitting around reading books which i don't have a problem with that because that's all i'm pretty much like to do if it was in my spare time or part of it um it kind of goes with that you know and you just kind of like read to them and then it kind of goes from there you know like they they, they pick up like an interest with it and and I, i'm starting to trust myself even more with that like because I've, I've seen an increase in like him wanting to learn how to read even though that's always not his strong point because his strong points are more math and science and but now i see more of like oh you know like if i don't push it I see more like an interest level and I think it's it, it can get frustrating for parents because that is a bit that could be a bit scary but I have to tell you that I have seen an increase in him wanting to learn how to read I think you said it I think you said it I think you hit it right on the head keyword modeling and I think that goes with almost any part of unschooling or any part of parenting right because it's not necessarily, like when you think about it even as a parent, right? It's not necessarily what we tell our children to do. It's more so what they see us doing. And they're just going to repeat what they see. And that starts very early on in life, right? Even when they're babies and, and infants and toddlers, they, they do that. They repeat what they see. And so I think if, as a parent, if we can just keep that idea in the back of our head, and as they age, like you said, just keep doing that. Keep modeling for them what they should be doing. When you pick up a text, they can pick up a text. And that's something that me and my son started last year as well. Um, I and Believe it or not, I actually got the idea from a uh, YouTube podcaster that is totally non-homeschool related, but I, I got the idea from this guy that I follow on, on his YouTube podcast. And he was saying how he challenges his children to read um, a book every month. And at the end of the month, 
they have to explain to him about, or the end of the week or whatever, they have to explain to him about the book that they read in order to be compensated. And that's how they, that's one of the ways of how they uh, gain their allowance. And so that's something that I started to model with my son. I said, well, you know what, I'm gonna read a book once a week and then you read a book once a week. And then I'll tell you what my book is about and you tell me what your book is about. You know, well, that's a and, great idea. And we and we started doing it and it worked out really well for us. We've come across a lot of interesting books. And as a result of that, like it has intrigued him to want to learn about different things. I remember one time last year, he asked me about how stoves were made. And I was just like, what? Okay, now you want to learn about how a stove is made. Great. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I feel like that would be the same thing over here. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I I think you said it, modeling. I think um, if we if we just keep that in the back of our head, I think it works well because, like I said, they they model behind us and follow what we do from early ages. I have a nephew who is um, two now, and I remember when I was babysitting him a couple of months ago. Um, my son is a my son has a game because my my brother gave my son his. And my nephew put on the headphones and at two years, like at one or so, yeah, about one or so, I think he was one at then. Um, at one or so couple of months, he knew exactly what to do. He just put the headphones on and then he started grabbing the uh, controller and he was like, la, 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 <laughs> you know, and he's making this noise. And I just called my brother and I was like, look at your son. He's doing exactly what you do when you're playing the game. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and so it it definitely works, right? Children do what they see for sure. My my um, little cousin does the same thing. My uncle works for um, the Reserve Bank and one of the Reserve Banks, and uh, he's always on his headset talking to people, having his meetings. And I in one day, and she was like on a fake headset and had her dollies all, you know, set out and she's talking to her dollies the same way. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, she's going to be a business one. All right, gotcha. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's great. <laughs> so, you know, yeah. She'll be yeah. her own business and she'll be, she'll be doing yeah. her job. Yeah. yeah, they definitely model. And I, I think that's definitely key. Um, good idea. That's a very good idea. I hope our listeners jot that down and take note of that um that would be perfect right another thing i think about when it comes to reading is um really i like to tell people like to start where your child is right start with what they're interested in i know that when we were in our reading journey early on i didn't have any i didn't see any like challenges for my son with reading and he was doing really well at that point in time but there was a gentleman who came across us in the library, actually. And he was like, oh, um, you know, you should get him some comics. And I guarantee you, like, it'll boost his reading skills up. And it did. We started out with reading um, different comics. And right now he loves Dogman. I know that that's a really big one for children in, in his age group. Um, but he, he loves Dogman. And... I think we're at the end of all of the Dogman books, so we're gonna have to find something new. Yeah. You know, 
That's a great one, Dogman. And I didn't notice that, like, my son will like those pop-up ones, too. You know, I mean, like, with the pop-up cartoon. And yeah. And get him some like that recently. And I do think that's actually been helping, too. So Have you found, them. so have you found newer, like, newer ones of those? There are, and I'm trying to think because there's quite a few different ones. I know that the, you know, like the Mo Williams ones um, mm-hmm. have been out for a while, but there does seem to be like, I'm going to have to remember what those titles were, but um, there are some like newer ones that I feel like are popping up and the graphic novel scene is just huge. Uh, right wow. Now. I'm, yeah. I'm surprised that you share that. I definitely have to make a note of that because we started reading some of those when he was like about five and we ended up reading those because we just we just have them like randomly here at home you know um my my grandmother kind of collected everything from each child over the years so we have like old old books from like say the 1960s and 70s and they have some of those some of the books are like that some of the children's books are like that but i've never been able to find like any newer versions if you will of in those those types of books i'll have to send you an email um you know when i remember some of those titles Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, those are those are really good ones as well. And I think those are great because, like you said, the pop-up, it keeps them interested. My only thing that I used to worry about was my son, like, trying to snatch the pop-up piece. And, <laughs> <laughs> and that, you know, because with a, with a, right, with a, with a child who likes to, you know, be hands-on and touch, that's the thing you worry about. Like, don't break it. Don't rip it out. It's not going to look the same. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those those Papa ones, when they're real little, I remember my son used to rip the, rip the books. And, you know, when he was really small. And I'd always be like, I hope we're going to get through this phase pretty fast. Yeah. <laughs> not but, that anymore. But let me tell you something that we ended up uh, doing one day. We ended up, and I think this was for Mother's Day one year. I think my son was like, yeah, I think it was about like four or five. We made these Mother's Day cards with the papa. And so I think we ended up figuring out how to put that pop-up piece back in there just from, you know, the activity that we had did. So um, that's why that's why I say like, for me, it's been more so kind of like, if you see a problem, figure out how to solve the problem. Yeah. And, you know, for him, it's been like, oh, how does this do and how does this work? And I think, I think um, we make a good pair as mom and son. <laughs> yeah, no, that's great. I think problem solving, that's that's a skill they won't teach at the schools that much, right? I mean, like not no. in general, or they'll teach it with a worksheet, which not so great, right? Yeah. So like problem solving, how to do like something with technology, like, oh, the you know, the Wi-Fi is not working. It's like, wait a minute, now let's think of a plan B or how yeah. can we get this? What else can we do? You know, that's been a thing for us too. Like, okay, something changed. Now we have to deal with that, right? Like deal with the change. Are you enjoying the podcast? Remember to subscribe to Friends of Cabrini on Spotify. Now back to the episode. So, yeah, yeah, that's really great. I'm glad you mentioned this whole tech thing, because even when I think about how tech has intercepted with reading, um, that's one of the things I... 
I know like people used to be concerned about in the very mm. early stages of that. And, uh, you know, they were first pushing out like the newspaper stands and things like that. And people would say like the libraries weren't going to be around because all of the books are now mm. becoming free and, uh, you know, digital and things of that nature. But I feel like at some point, those devices, um, especially like to na the natural eye, and I've already experienced it recently, it's so draining on your eyesight. And, um, you know, it's, it's just something about those devices. And I think it's called like a blue light or something that's being put into them. And so they're, they're draining on the natural eyesight as well. But at some point, I think people will eventually get tired of using devices and will want to know what was the what was it like beforehand and i think that's the cool part um that our children are already seeing with their experiences in unschooling is that they're uncovering what was you know before what it currently is now or how to make something before before it gets to its finished state of being you know and so i just feel like when it's all said and done with this tech stuff kids are ultimately going to revert back into reading real, you know, textbooks or, or hardcover books or paperbacks that they'll have in their hands. People probably possibly at some point revert back to reading actual newspapers, right? Because you can't fully understand the context of a newspaper if you're getting the news from the internet. But if I get the physical newspaper, I can flip through it, I can smell it, you know, I know what it looks like, I know the weight of it, what the papers made like. So I'm, I'm just really all for like some of the older, you know, inventions or <laughs> things, if you, if you will, for technology. Cause at some point it's gonna bust. It's gonna, you know, it's not gonna, do what it what it's doing and you can use technology for good and you can also use it for bad but I think it's I think you have to have people around that will know how to not only build it but they'll know how to, to dissemble it and break it down and get you the original right so that's my little spill <laughs> yeah no I think that's great with technology too I know parents may be worried about um with the children and how much they're they're learning of course that's up to each individual family you know technology limits and things like that but what i do find though is that it was less of a struggle between us when i started to learn that he kind of figured out when he got sick of it because i see now like no i am done with the ipad or whatever you know like i'm done with, like this is boring like let's go do something and that's great, right? Because then kids learn, <clears throat> kids learn their natural breaks from things. And that's something that the school would have set in the standard, you know, like this is when you get to take a break. Now, do you, do you guys do like limited screen time at home? We do try to limit some of the screen time because um, we do feel like it could be excessive, but I don't have to really struggle with that anymore because he has learned a lot himself of like when he's done with the screen time and plus with us going out and about and being outside and doing events it does not really it's not really a problem so that's why i hope that some parents can understand that and know that you know it's not as bad as you think it would be and plus the schools are actually using quite a bit of technology and mm -hmm. ipads um so 
I don't know if there's really that much of a difference. Well, see, it, I think it is, right? So, like, I think it is because you know, I, this uh, this fall I had the chance um, to kind of like do a little bit of student teaching. I'm I'm uh, going back to school for master's degree so I had a chance to do a little bit of student teaching at a couple of the public schools and I think the way in which public school children are using tech is different from the way in which homeschool children or unschooled children are using tech um <clears throat> like you said your son is able to kind of really decipher when he's done using it or when he may need it and things of that nature and as a parent we kind of pretty much are as well but for the children that's in public school, it's the teachers who are rolling out the devices, right? But then the, it's like the kids may get maybe 20 minutes or so per class, if, if it's even in per class, um, to do the devices. What I noticed about some of the kids that I was personally around was that the devices were meant to be used to help them with building certain skills in math. A lot of them were not using it for that. A lot of them were using it because they wanted to listen to music. They wanted to watch TV. They wanted to do all of the things except what they were actually um, told to do. And then as a result of that, when it comes time for test taking on Fridays, they don't have the skills because there's no worksheets. There's no physical worksheets that go home because the schools no longer um, have, some of the schools no longer have homework. Everything is digitized and they also don't have these laptops or things that the schools supply at home. And so the kids are not able to continually, to continuously work on those skills, right? Um, in time for their tests that they would have on Fridays. And then the other part of it I noticed was that some kids were so used to being on the tech devices that when it's time for them to pick up a pen and, and, or a pencil and paper to write their name, they can't even write their name. So like, you know, when I say this, I mean like children that are middle school. You know, I, ha I saw middle schoolers that I would say, can you write your name on the paper so I can know that's your paper? And she would write her name in capital letters each time. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I'm just like, I have been in the public um, school sector too, but I, I'm even, I'm even shocked by that. But that is, but yeah. Yeah. So, so I think that the way that they use it, those children use it versus the way that unschooled children use it is different. And I think it's, and I feel almost maybe because it has something to do with the freedom that unschooled and homeschooled children have where they have the freedom of choice and they also are being taught how to use tech in the proper way like how most librarians right would have shown us in the past how to use the computer to research what to look for what are what sources are primary sources secondary sources blah 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 the children today they're not in, in the public school, the, the children today in the public school are not being taught um, from that point of view because there are very few librarians in the public schools, right? And then even the idea of them doing tech was most recently probably introduced because of COVID. But prior to COVID, a lot of schools probably did not have 
um, like a, a librarian or like a computer teacher where the computer, the teacher is teaching you how to use the tech, how to use the technology. A lot of um, teachers, especially in the primary grades, did not use tech in their classrooms unless it was for maybe them watching a film or something like that. So, so you know, a lot of the um, minority students, I would say, um, for some of the inner city public schools in the Chicago area, they have the technology in the classroom, but they're not even properly using it the right way because there's no one that's teaching them. And even with the teachers being in the school, in the classroom with them, the teachers are not taking out the time to actually teach tech. They're simply saying, use this computer or use this laptop and log on to this website to practice this skill. And then you have 30 kids in the classroom who are sneaking, you know what I mean? <laughs> they're sneaking on the screen and yes, going yeah. on YouTube and, and watching inappropriate things that they're not supposed to be watching. And it's it's like, how do you, you know, it's it's a challenge. And, and I understand where like people, some teachers come in and say like, well, we'll put certain blocks and screens and things like that on the computers, mm -hmm. but I don't think that does enough, especially because they already feel as if like they don't have the freedom to explore. So I think by knowing that they are not given the freedom to explore, that's going to make them be rebellious and do it anyways. Yes, versus yes. with the unschooled child that knows that they have the freedom of choice and, and you know, everything can be used to their advantage and benefit of growing and learning. So that's that's a difference there i would say too but um yeah tech is interesting and i'm so happy to hear that you know you um have a background and and working in the libraries and, and things of that nature because it's important it's really really important and i think people take librarians for granted i really do <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I worked in the youth sector for almost like 20, 20 some years, um, and I still do work at, at a library part time. Um, it's actually the Crown Point one, so you could come say hi to me there. But um, but yeah, I, you know, as far as like technology and and using a computer, a lot of the times if we do do that, you know, how to, you know write a letter or how to use like google docs or google spreadsheets and things like that and yeah you're right the because then there's no freedom of choice right so then that's it becomes kind of a struggle and that's what i've i've learned over like the last year that's been a big life lesson with technology for me even so yes <laughs> and i know i've seen some libraries do have that class where you can learn the different computer software programs um, I've seen a lot more for adults, but I think, I guess if you ask for it, if it's more of a demand for it, I believe they will make it for children. Um, cause I have seen a couple lately that I've seen on some like library websites that are for kids and they teach them how to even make like, you know, their own, uh, the Jude, what am I going to say? Not Jew, uh, Gmail, oh, Jesus, my words today. They're gonna make their own uh, Gmail account, and yeah, so yeah. Um, yeah. So I've seen the, some libraries help them to make their own Gmail account. I've seen where some libraries um, are teaching, like Microsoft Suite. Um, I think I've seen where they teach. Oh, you know what? I have. Um, 
there's this one suburban library that we we frequent very often we go to they actually teach 3d design and they have a printer um and i'm so excited about that because i want my son to make something <laughs> yeah so they do they have um they have a nice nice bunch of things the library is such a great resource I really gotta tell you yeah that's great the, the 3d printers I don't think that's the ours doesn't have one either, but I know there are some libraries that do now, and I think that's actually pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, and I and I've seen one. I don't know if you're on Instagram, but I've seen someone use one in their personal homeschool, and they created some type of figurine or something with it, and I was like, oh my god, like it's exciting to see it live, but it's also so scary because it's like, what else can you build? <laughs> Oh my goodness. Yeah, there's there's so many different things that they have too um that you can do. There's there's gaming systems too, you know, in a lot of the libraries if you wanna game with your child because, you know, you have to start with connection at some point and that's that's an important part too. If you wanna yes. have your time with your child while they're still young, then you should probably unschool because and some of the public ones also have called do you know about like i think it's called like maker lab where you can like sew you can do you can make your own podcast you can make videos and um, music and all of these different things the only thing that i would say about the public ones here is that they limit it you know they limit it only to like those high schoolers but i'm just like man i can't wait till my son is like 12 so he can go in there they limit it to the high schoolers and to the i guess it's called tweens <laughs> oh yeah like the in-between ages yeah oh, yeah okay there's ours is pretty much open i think with the, the little kids some of the parents may want to stay well they kind of just naturally stay and i think but yeah, yeah. Mm. And that, that's the only, that's the only, like, downside that I would say I don't like about the library. Yeah. <laughs> Some of those cool classes and those really cool activities, like the babies, they don't get to go in there because they're considered babies. But it's like, they can learn it too. <laughs> yeah, it's all about exploring, right? So it's like, yeah. you gotta it's explore so and not make a big deal about, um, like what the schools would do which would be like productivity and um it's about exploring and like doing different things that's how i look at it so and then and we awesome awesome well, i've had so much fun talking to you today this morning so thank you so much for jumping on here on our show and sharing a little bit about your life and what you guys do as unschoolers and so awesome are you guys looking forward to any fun things for the spring and summer this year? Yeah, you know, I forgot to mention there's this really cool program. Um, it's at the Morton Arboretum out here. And they have, um, it's called Timber Nook. And basically it's like an outdoor um, group that meets. And I think there's one starting, I think it's in April, and it's gonna go through May. And I think they're doing building different forts. And it's right, you know, right out in nature, right in the in the wood portion. And there's, we did, um, I think, one or two months in the fall, and uh, my son had a really good time. So we're going to be signing up for that again, I think. And we're looking forward to that experience. And a lot of the parents will will be there, new people to meet. So 
Nice. That sounds so wonderful. I'm so excited about that for you guys. <laughs> awesome. So um, I guess uh, my last and final question for you, I usually like to make it a really fun one, which is our decades question. And that basically would consist of any decade from the say 60s through the early 2000s. Um, which one of the, from either of those decades, is there like a song or a TV show, sitcom or drama or something? or um, any films that you feel might be a reflection of your current unschooling journey so far? Oh, oh wow, that's a really great one. Um, <laughs> oh my gosh, I have to think about that for a second. Oh, I'm yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, so we have a lot of, what do you call it, very music tastes over here um, and we're really we're really into like different kinds of music but um I was trying to think of like a good one that I would have put on for for that but it makes me think of the movie um you ever see the movie Vacation by like Chevy Chase <laughs> with the no. in, like the 19 it was the 1980s I think when it came out but okay. it's just it's kind of a goofy movie and there's a lot of like pitfalls as they're like going on but you know but towards the end it just becomes really good and I feel like that might have been part of our experience like for the first few months and then it just got so much better and now it's just blasting off like 100% so I love it that's so awesome <laughs> I'm here to tell you I'm here to tell you that it's gonna get even better than this year every year is gonna be such a fun journey and every year is not going to be the same every month is not going to be the same so stay put your seatbelt on because it's going to be great <laughs> it's going to be great <laughs> your seatbelt on the mark of the journey right <laughs> yeah it's a great journey it's a great ride at some point your son is probably going to be telling you how long he wants to do it for i i've asked my son um if he's wanted to kind of go up until I guess maybe eighth grade and then you know to enter the public space for high school and he's like no i just want to do it all the way through i was like are you sure wow that's great <laughs> like okay i'm i'm currently in the space now with him um so like with my son um even though he he just recently turned nine he is already doing like that fourth and fifth and sixth grade work so he's already starting that middle school work so i'm in a space where it's kind of like i can still you know, help to guide his learning and show him a couple of things. But I think he's really outgrown, um, you know, me. And I think that it's now open, we're opening the doors to him learning from others and uh, just going in different spaces and things like that. So he's currently in this uh, math program, which ironically, it, it starts off with middle schoolers to high schoolers but they actually host it in an actual high school um, here in the city. And so when we walked in the school, he was like, wow. And I think that's where I start to get the idea, like maybe he would want to go to public, but he's still like saying no. So we'll see what happens. But that's a cool class he has there and keeps me from having to do something so much with math. <laughs> that's, that's right. Yeah. And so, um, no, for us, let's see. Decade. Um, hmm. I am thinking about Back to the Future, the movie. 
Um, I don't know if I think I'm thinking about one or two or maybe both. Um, but I'm thinking about Back to the Future just because, um, you know, he, the, the main character, I, I forgot his name in the movie. And I know his real name, but it's not coming to me right now either. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's, um, um, oh my goodness, I don't remember it either. Michael J. Fox, there you oh, go. Right. Yes, I forgot, I forgot his name in the movie though, um, his movie character name, but, um, so, Right, so Michael J. Fox is like really interested in doing all these really cool things and meets this cool scientist and they do some, some fun stuff. And so I think that's kind of kind of like us. I am not personally necessarily the scientist, but I would say like I'm more of the like a like a magician. I am just mixing the pieces together and making it happen in support. <laughs> So it's like if my son, if he dreams and he thinks it, then we can try to put something together. Or or maybe we're meeting scientists. We're meeting others that can make it happen for him. That's great. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> that totally makes sense. I didn't yeah. even think about that one. Yeah, so we get it we get a chance to um see, you know, a little bit about like what he wants to do in the future and then come back to reality and be like, hey, this is how it really is in the world. Yeah, I would say that one. I was thinking about because I was thinking about his sitcom too. Um and I can't I can't seem to remember anything right now. He's in the family sitcom as well. Um and I, I have a song in my head. Oh my god, it's, it's gonna kill me. It's like when I'm not. It's like it's gonna be like when I'm not talking to you. It's gonna come to me. I'm gonna be like, oh, that's what oh, it is. No. I, yeah, I hate I that. I hate when you're thinking about something and you're talking to someone and it doesn't come. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we um, we were totally the music over here, but I can't even. I can't even think of one song. <laughs> Yeah, he has a he has a he has a family sitcom. Um, it's something about what would you do something without with with our love or without love or something. That's like some of the lyrics. Um, ah, I can't think of the sitcom, but he's the son, and there's the dad and the mom, and I think he has two sisters in the in the sitcom. Ah, man, is it the Wonder Years? Is it or? No, it, it, it was out in the 70s, or is that is that the 80s or 70s? I think it might have been the, like 70s or 80s. Um, no, that might be the 80s. I think it was out in the 80s. Um, what is the sitcom? It's going to kill me. God, I know, and I know it's going to come to me when I'm not thinking about it anymore. My, I used to watch it with my mom. Um, but I was thinking about that sitcom. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I was thinking about that sitcom because I was like, the, I like the whole um, the family approach because they give them a lot of freedom in the show to do a lot of things as well and kind of discover a little bit. And he, I think um, his character wanted to be like a lawyer or something. And so the parents uh, in that show, the parents really gave their children I don't want to say like they gave them a lot, tons of freedom, but they gave them enough to where like they can make their own decisions and, and have a chance to really really be children and explore life but they had it within boundaries and so that's kind of like how our uh unschool slash 
parenting mom son relationship is where I, I i trust my son to have enough freedom to do the things he likes and explores but he knows that he has boundaries and we literally just talked about this maybe like two days ago and he just like yeah i, don't, I know i can't go this far and can't do this and can't do that so he knows like when it comes to something that might you know be life-threatening and things of that nature not, there's a no-no there's a stop sign for him but other than that he's free to you know pretty much do whatever within those limitations that are kid-friendly things right um things that are going to keep him safe and, and explore um it's killing me because i still don't know the name of the sitcom <laughs> no. i and i and i ah, it's not it's not all in the family oh my god it is gonna i'm just gonna die it's not all in the family because that's with Archie Barker. <laughs> um, this sitcom with Michael J. Fox. I know I'm gonna get it later. I don't know. All I'm gonna say is if, if you come across it on a Google search or something, that's the sitcom that I'm talking about. <laughs> so Thanks so much for being on with me today. It's, it's been so fun talking with you and meeting with you. And again, feel free to join us in April. Um, I think that's April 29th, which is a Saturday. It's a weekend. So we're probably going to try to make like a, a little group weekend trip um, for maybe, I would say, Saturday and Sunday or Friday and Saturday, something like that um, in South Bend. But there's tons of places and tons of things you can do in South Bend. We love South Bend. Um yeah. So feel free to join us. It's going to be a really cool Cubs game. Um, the other cool part about it is because, so the kids actually get to go onto the, um, they get to go onto the field. And I believe they're supposed to kind of like get honored or something like that for reading, uh, for the reading skills. So that's going to be something that's really cool as well. Oh, so that's cool. Yeah. yeah. Where can um where can our listeners reach out to you if they want to kind of like follow along your journey? Are you guys blogging or blogging your unschool journeys these days? <laughs> no, but you know I'm thinking about doing that or starting a journal because I was just talking to someone about that and I was like I should probably be writing some of these things down. Um, I have an email that I could give you, but um, yeah, if you'd like, you share. okay, yeah. So I have a. Uh, Gmail, it's amy0927030. Uh, and that's at Gmail. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today. It was so much fun chatting with you. I think you are a- from Indiana. Oh, that's great. No, thank you so much. It, really, it was really a fun time. Yes, it was. Thank you. And listeners, thank you for listening to our show. I hope you enjoyed it just as much as I did. It was so much fun speaking with Mrs. Amy today. Feel free to reach out to her. Um, Her email will be in our show notes. And make sure you follow and subscribe to this podcast on Google, Spotify, and Apple. Until next time. Hey, friends. So did you enjoy today's show? I know I sure did. Go ahead right now and subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and Google. And make sure you tell a friend.